Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. This week, we're trying something a little bit different. I am filming this both for video as well as audio presentation. If you're listening to us on the podcast, don't worry about it. It's going to be perfectly fine. The way I'm presenting it on the podcast will work great. However, if you want to see what I'm doing on the board, you're going to want to check out the video later on. Obviously, not in your car, but later on when you get a minute, you can go to YouTube, search Pickleball Therapy, and you'll find the channel. Make sure you subscribe to it. That way, you'll get notified of future videos when we put out the podcast like this. So in this video, what we're going to be this week, what we're going to be talking about is we're going to be talking about marginal advantages as well as being your own coach. The marginal advantages is going to help you both when you're playing as well as when you're working on your game. And then be your own coach is an interesting concept that I heard uh, on a video that I saw with a young man named Martin Gutierrez. He's known as the forehand guy in tennis. He's a tennis slash pickleball instructor uh, down in South Florida. And I liked the way he presented the idea of being your own coach. So I asked him onto the podcast. We recorded that uh, a couple of months ago. We're waiting for the YouTube piece of the uh, channel to go live or of the podcast to go live so that we could show the video uh, in the video interview as well as showing having it on the podcast. So you're really going to like that concept of being your own coaches. We're going to help you with the athletic part of the mind. But before we get into that interview, I want to talk about marginal advantages it's really going to help you with your game as well as your improvement. As I erase the board, I always forget to tell you who I am. My name is Tony Roig. I am your host for the podcast. I am a master teaching professional as well as a senior pro pickleball player. I've been doing this for quite a while, uh, thinking about pickleball, playing pickleball, and studying pickleball. So hoping to share some of my knowledge with you in this podcast. So what do we mean when we're talking about marginal advantages? Marginal advantages are, we're trying to find areas of large marginal advantage. So I'll use up arrows for that and avoid areas of low marginal advantage. Put down arrow for that. And when we do that, by focusing on large marginal advantages, areas of big marginal advantages, what happens is we're focused on, on big picture items. I'm gonna use different analogies and metaphors because some may resonate differently with, with different uh, listeners. Um, but think about it in terms of like, return on investment or bang for your buck, right? Where can you get the biggest value with the least investment? Those are areas of high marginal advantage. Another thing that marginal advantages helps you with is to understand areas of the game that are really affecting your play when you're out there as opposed to those are not that are not. I'm gonna tell you one area that's not affecting your game that much is your pop-ups. Pop-ups are traumatic events because we feel like a cad, right? Oh my God, I can't believe I popped the ball up. We're embarrassed by it. Pop-ups are part of the game. Pros pop the ball up. We pop the ball up. Everybody pops the ball up. Now, that's not to say you can't work on them. You can work on the pop-ups, right? And work on improving your, your control of your shots, the amount of energy you're imparting to the shots. If you don't know what energy is, highly recommend you check out the pickleball system. We talk about that in there. Not just talk about it, we teach it to you. Um, but pop-ups is an area that is really not um, not a big marginal advantage area for your game. In other words, it's not what's costing your games. You know what's costing your games? The net. The net is costing you games because you, you're, you're likely not paying enough attention to the times that your balls land in the net. The net doesn't seem as traumatic as the pop-up, right? Think about it. When you pop the ball up, oh my God, I can't believe I popped it up. So embarrassing. When you hit the net, meh, just hit the net. No big deal. If you watch pro players, they understand the net is the killer, right? Not the pop-up. 
they pop the ball up. Again, they're not happy about it. They're not like ecstatic about popping the ball up, but they'll live with it. The net, they won't live with that, hitting the net. There's a statistic that I like to mention, which is, or like to reference, which is uh, one of the best pro players, Colin Johns, um, played, and I don't remember the exact number, but something like nine or 11 uh, games at the pro level in a tournament. Um, and I believe he either hit the net one time or zero times in his dinks. Okay. Now, does that mean he didn't pop any of them up? Pretty sure he popped some of them up, right? Where they were able to be attacked by their opponents. But what Colin doesn't want to do as one of the best players is hit the net. So if you want to think in terms of big marginal advantages when you're playing pickleball, right? As you're out on the court, try and, and, and discount the pop-ups. Just kind of go, well, you know, part of the game happens and focus on the net. And that'll give you better results when you're playing. I want to give you a tip that you can use also for your improvement. Because, you know, if, if you're listening to the podcast, likely you're more than, uh, than just, you know, uh, marginally involved, <laughs> marginally again, right? More than just kind of, uh, uh, you know, a casual pickleball player. You're interested in the game. You want to know more. You want to learn more about pickleball and about yourself. Before I do that, though, I want to mention one thing, which is, really important in terms of marginal advantages in terms of your body and your performance which is your feet and your legs if you're playing in shoes that are worn in other words that are past their their useful life period you're risking damaging your feet and your legs and that is going to be a huge marginal disadvantage for you when it sidelines you because of an injury to your legs the shoe that cj and i use is we use a shoe called tyrol made by a company called Tyro. It's a Tyro pickleball shoe. It's the only shoe specifically designed for pickleball by a company that does only pickleball. So CJ and I, we don't mess around with that stuff. Again, big, big marginal advantage, our feet and our, and our legs and, the, and our health of those parts of our body and also being able to get around the court safely. So Tyro's a really good shoe. If you decide to get a Tyro shoe, use the code BP10 at checkout and you'll get our discount that'll be extended to you by Tyro, our friends at Tyro, to get you in the right shoes. And make sure you check out the Pickleball Summit this year. Uh, Kevin Huckle, the uh, CEO of Tyrol and the designer, the, 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 the brain behind the whole process there, is going to explain to you about shoe wear. In other words, thinking that you have to wait until the bottom of the shoe wears out is a mistake. Uh, if your shoe's starting to wear out in the middle, you're risking your legs. In the middle, meaning in the midsole, in the cushion part. All right, so let's talk about marginal advantages in terms of your improvement. And I was reminded of this in a game that I played a couple of days ago. Uh, might have been actually yesterday, but basically I was out there playing with some friends and I saw on another, when I was done, I saw on another court they were missing a player and I knew uh, one of the players, a couple of the players on there, so I asked them if they needed a fourth, went on there. And in, during the game, I was in conversation with one of the players and before I get into it, not a criticism of the player's question or the player's thinking about pickleball. This is a very common thought process and I think it's driven a lot by the amount of noise that's out there. You know, hear other players talking, watching maybe a YouTube video or something like that. Um, and so you, we can go down this path of, of low marginal advantages. And what this player suggested to me was that she was working on varying her serve. In other words, she was working on serve variability. That way the opponent wouldn't know what kind of serve was coming and get, gain that advantage of serve variability. Is there an advantage of serve variability? Sure. There's an advantage on a lot of things that we can do on a pickleball court. Again, not a criticism, but just reality. And I, and I mentioned this to her in conversation as well, uh, during the conversation. The reality, though, is that serve variability is a very low marginal advantage. I'm going to give it on the board here, 
five, five down arrows, meaning extremely low uh, marginal advantage to serve variability. Adding that to your game is not going to drastically change how you play pickleball. And if you watch the pros, they don't vary their serves and doubles, right? For the most part, there's just a nice traditional deep serve right in the middle. Almost looks like 4-0 pickleball, right? When you're watching the pros. The reason they don't vary their serves, it's not because they can't. They're pro players. They can hit whatever shot you want them to hit because there's no money in it. There's no marginal advantage in doing it. So they don't spend any time on that. They just say, okay, I'm just going to serve normal. And the, the money is in other shots. And I'm going to give you one in a second where it's a huge marginal advantage in your game. But thinking about this shot in terms of affecting your game, think of how impactful it will be to your game. It's not going to be that impactful. Shot that is going to be impactful is your fourth shot volleys. So your four shots being hit by the return side, right? Hopefully you're up at the non-volley zone. So the shot you're hitting is likely a volley. This is a huge marginal advantage. I'm going to give it five upstars. Improving your four-shot volleys will drastically affect your game. You're going to give away less points. You're going to play better pickleball. You're going to keep the opponents back better. You're just going to play a much better game by improving those volleys. And what I recommend to you is when you look at the difference in these two areas, right? So four-shot volleys versus serve variability. What I would suggest to you is you're not even thinking about serve variability until you become a very proficient four-shot volleyer, until you can master the volleys that are, that are hit from that position, until you can control them in a way that is going to improve your game. Only then will you then move on to something else in, in pickleball to work on. And what I would suggest to you is that for, I'm going to suggest for every player out there, with one exception that I'll give you in a second, serve variability will never make it to the top of your list. Most likely than not. More likely than not. Serve variability will never actually make it to the slot where you're actually going to work on it because there's always going to be something like four-shot volleys that's going to have a higher marginal advantage in your game than adding variability to your serve. The only exception to this would be if serve variability is just a dream of yours. And it's not a criticism, it's fine. If it's something that you're just like, you know what, I get you. I just love the idea of being able to serve like this and like that. Then by all means, go out there and work on your serve variability, but do it with open eyes. Do it understanding that that adding the variability that you're looking into your serve is not going to dramatically change your results on the pickleball court. It's not going to dramatically change how you're playing pickleball, whereas a shot like a four-shot volley will dramatically change it. And if you have questions about, you know, what's more important, what's less important, some of this you can do on your own, right? I've given you one here that's a pretty, pretty stark one. The program that we CJ and I put together is called the Pickleball System. It covers all of these sorts of things. In other words, we talk about marginal advantages, and the entire program is built around giving you the highest marginal advantages or giving you the work for in the highest marginal advantages for your game. Players who have come through the system have, have, have reported to us drastic changes in their game because they're applying the step-by-step -step process that we have inside the pickleball system. So if you're intent on improving your game and you want to know what to work on, you don't have to worry about it or wonder about it. You join us inside the pickleball system class and you'll get the answers to that. All right, so let's talk now about the athletic pillar of pickleball, uh, which is the, uh, let's switch gears. This is, this is, this is part uh, athletic because you know more about pickleball, but it's also part mechanical and part about improvement and what to focus on. The athletic pillar is a really important part of the game. If you know the three pillars of pickleball, mechanical, strategic, and athletic, a lot of times we, we overlook the athletic pillar 
Pickleball therapy is designed to give you the information that you need in the athletic pillar, specifically on the mind. We do body as well, but most of the time we're focused on the mind. And the advice that we got from Martin Gutierrez, the forehand guy on the, being your own coach is really helpful there. If you're not sure about the three pillars of pickleball, or what I'm talking about, I'll put a link in the show notes. You can download our three pillars of pickleball. Learn more about that because you need all three if you want to play your pickleball. With all that said, let's go ahead and jump into the interview with Martin Gutierrez and hear more about being your own coach. I have the pleasure to welcome Martin Gutierrez, known as the forehand guy. Martin is a, is a young man, uh, but uh, he's already advanced a lot on the mental side of the game. And I happened to come across a TikTok post that he made about uh, being your own coach. I thought it was really uh, words of wisdom in there. So I invited Martin to join us in the Pickleball Therapy Podcast. Martin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Glad to be here. Martin, let's let's dive right into this. I, it's uh, You and I were chatting for a few minutes beforehand, and uh, you described it as a superpower. And the way you described it, I thought, was uh, was definitely a superpower. So let's dive right into you know, uh, this superpower about being your own coach and tell us a little bit about how that works. Yeah. So basically the way I think about it is there's a player, there's a coach, you can be kind of both of those and you should be both of those when you step on the court. So it's the inner dialogue going back and forth, whether you talk to yourself positively, negatively, the player side of you is listening. The coach side is coaching. So what kind of coach do you kind of want to be for yourself? Most players, I would assume they want to be that that positive coach telling, you know, encouraging thoughts instead of things that are going to make you play worse. And and you mentioned, Martin, when we were talking earlier that, you know, you're going to coach yourself anyway. In other words, like you can't avoid that conversation from happening. So why not? You, you mentioned something like, why not make it a productive conversation, right? Right. You uh you listen to yourself no matter what you say, whether it's you you can't put a serve in today, your forehand sucks. Those things, they're all they're all being listened to. So tell yourself the things a coach would say to a player or a teammate, not the things you would say to just insult yourself. Because it really is a superpower and it comes down to it's simply being positive on the court, but it's also guiding yourself throughout the match or throughout the practice session to set yourself up to succeed. And one thing you mentioned that really uh, struck a chord with me was the idea that you have full control over that. In other words, you know, it's an area that you have agent. We always use the term intentionality or agency in, in the play that, and not, not just the play, but how players interact with the game. And so talk a little bit about that, about how you have control over the way that you speak to yourself. Exactly. Yeah. You, you have a hundred percent control over what you tell yourself. So you can decide what you want to say this. No one can take that from you. What you don't have control over is the things you hear, right? So no matter what you say, you're going to hear it, whether it's bad, good in between you're listening. Always your mind is all you're always hearing your own mind, but we can't, we can control what we say. So be careful what you say. I like to sometimes think about if I'm my own coach, what kind of coach would I hire? If I was going to pay someone to coach me, would I hire someone to just insult me the whole match? Would I hire someone to just tell me these bad things? No, I would hire someone that's going to have a positive relationship with myself. That's going to tell me things that are going to make me play better, elevate my game. And this, this person can be you. So you, you decide whether that coach is going to be a good coach or a coach that's just going to make you play worse. 
Uh, that's some great advice, Martin. And you, you, you shared with me that you had a an experience where you were playing at, and you, you've played uh, at your sport at a very high level, and you were playing at, at the nationals. And you said that you uh, you had prepared yourself before going into the match, understanding I have a superpower. Let me activate it. Can you talk a little bit about that? About how you how you get ready for a match or a, a, an important match and get that superpower activated. Yeah, so once you once you realize the importance of your inner dialogue and how it can really affect you mentally and physically, going into an important match like I did uh, when I went into my national championship match, you have to tell yourself before kind of and set yourself up for a good match. And, and you can't do this in the middle of a match. You have to really think before the match, okay, I'm my coach, I'm the player, what is the relationship going to be during this match? You know, if you, if you watch a match, you never see a coach screaming at his player or telling him he's he's doing everything wrong. So if you realize this and really, really, really ingrain it in your mind, like how powerful this is, there's no way you go into a match and then first point, you're already you're already complaining, you're already being negative. You're really encouraging and helping yourself through that match and, and an important match like a national match or any match for that matter. Uh, you you have to go in with this mindset before because, like you said, it's a superpower, but it can also be a detriment, a super detriment. You know, it can, it can be the reason you win a match, and it can be the reason you lose a match. You can be the hero or the villain of the story, depending on how you use the superpower that's uh, that's granted to you. And you know, I love the idea that that you have control over it. You just have to decide how oh, am I going to do this. Now, let's talk a little bit about you know e each player is a little bit different, right? So, like, there are certain players who 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 maybe have a higher volume of negativity and uh, versus a lower volume. Uh, is there anything that you can say about specifics on how I would go into a match to activate the superpower? In other words, like knowing myself, right? Knowing what I right. say to myself negatively out there, is there some advice on how to use that superpower specifically to an individual? Yeah. I mean, the, the superpower is not just kind of blind positivity and saying, Oh, uh, I'm great. I'm doing good. You can still have this superpower and this coach dynamic while being critical, while being tough on yourself. It's not just this constant, like fake uh, positivity. It, it actually is the opposite. I think it frames your mind and sets you up perfectly to just kind of shift from uh, looking at what's wrong to looking what I could do better. So kind of like a coach would do, what would a good coach do? They're looking for solutions instead of finding the issues. Yeah, I like that framing of, you know, what what would what would a coach say in this situation and then replacing that with instead of saying the, the negative thing that's not helpful using what a coach would say. And one of the other things you mentioned earlier, Martin, was about an accountability loop, basically, that gets created here. Talk a little bit about that, because I think that's a super helpful aspect of this way of looking at the at sports. Right, right. So if you look at yourself as the coach and the player, both want to perform their best in a match or in a training session. So as a player or first I'll, I'll talk about the coach. As a coach, you never want to let your player down. You always want to help them. You always want to make them play better. So you're going to tell them the right things. You're going to tell them these things that are going to help them. And as the player, you want to, you know, you want to make your coach proud. You want to play good for your coach. You want to play good for yourself. And you also are going to give 100% all the time, knowing that the coach is there watching and listening. And you're also doing it kind of vice, vice versa. Both want to perform yeah. well, so both are kind of do their job, and and it's just mutually beneficial. 
Yeah, that accountability loop seems, you know, it's, it's, it's self-reinforcing. So it's a really, really good way of doing it. Uh, Martin, do you have any suggestions, uh, you know, if, if a player listening to this wants to start using the superpower, wants to start discovering, right, how to access it? Um, any suggestions on maybe some first steps they can take? You know, let's say they're heading. A lot of times we tell players to listen to this podcast while they're on the way to the courts. Uh, and so is there something they can say when they get out of the out of the out of their car? I'm going to start here with this one thing. Yeah, uh, I think it I think it simply just starts with listening. So listen to yourself, listen to the thoughts you have. So don't don't put too much pressure on yourself. And next time you go on the court, I'd say just listen to what you tell yourself. And just kind of remember. So next time you miss a shot, next time you make a shot, next time you hit a great shot, next time you let your partner down, next time you win, what are you telling yourself? And and you kind of just become conscious of what you're saying and the tone and how you say these things to yourself. Once you realize that, it kind of opens the door and allows you to kind of change that kind of conversation and the type of dialogues you have for the better, hopefully. That's some great advice, my thing. I really appreciate you sharing it uh, with our players out there. Um, you know, if you want to follow Martin and get some more tips on, you know, Martin has some really good ideas on on coaching and on on playing your best and the mental part of the game, which is super important. You can follow Martin on Instagram, I assume on TikTok and everywhere as the forehand guy, right, Martin? That's right. Yeah, I love to help. I wanna I wanna help everyone out there with their game. So TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. It's just the forehand guy. Look me up. Love it. Thanks a lot, my thing. Really appreciate you joining us. And uh, everybody out there, start using your superpower. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. As you work on the mental part of your game, remember Martin's words about being your own coach. The way I think about that is think about it in terms of the angel and the devil sitting on your shoulder. What you want to do is you want to quiet that devil down. Don't let that negative talk happen to you. Look at yourself as 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 if you were your own coach, like Martin said. That'll improve the angel relationship you have on your shoulder. The more you let that work, the more you 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 encourage the angel to talk to you and disregard the devil. The stronger you'll make the angel um, on your shoulder and and be able to talk to you in a more positive way, helping you not just feel better but also play your best pickleball. Hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Uh, remember to. Um, you know, apply the marginal advantages to be your own coach advice is going to be really helpful to you. If you enjoyed the podcast, either in the audio form or the video form, please rate and review it. It really helps us out in terms of reaching additional players. It helps the channel out and it helps the podcast out. If you haven't yet subscribed to the channel on YouTube, please go there and check that out. And as always, if you enjoyed the podcast and or the video, share it with your friends. If you enjoyed it, they probably will too. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.